then the people who are going to tell you about it will all look down their noses at you because they'll know you didn't know because you didn't come to the meeting. So that's just a joke. The second thing, just a quick reminder that we have all these new services. Because you're here, I know that you're most of the way there with knowing about our new services. But because the restrictions have limited our sizes together, again, to 50, we wanted to just respond because we knew that we had somewhere between 150 and 200 people actually wanting to come on a weekend to the services, even with the singing masks, the enjoying your own breath while worshiping masks. So we wanted to at least make room while we can to have as many people come as possible. So there's three services on a Sunday plus a Tuesday night, which is also a bit of a place because gathering in community groups is either by Zoom or weather dependent. And so at least there's something midweek that people can come to with still a roof over your head. And so please check out the website if you want to sign up to that kind of stuff. And we're figuring this out as we go. So Grace is a wonderful thing. Amen? Greg, is there anything I missed? Okay, we're all good. Super. All right, so today I want to talk about the phrase from John chapter 10, where Jesus says, this is in verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. But I want to give you some backstory because I've been working on this message until about five minutes ago because with the last message series is over and I spent Friday working on the the next message series, which is going to be really good. I think it might be my best one ever. I have really high hopes for it. It's called, I've never done this before. Have I ever? No, I've never talked up a sermon series. So this is a whole bunch of firsts. Sunday night, woo! And um, and the, the big idea is I want to actually work through the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5 as a way for us to just really grow in the Lord. And I want to call the sermon series, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, and the Spirit Helps Me Grow. And we're just going to go through all the different parts of the fruit of the Spirit with the goal being by the time those 11 weeks or whatever it is is over, um, we would hardly even recognize ourselves because of the growth and freedom and the character of God in our lives and the enjoyment of God by relating to him through all of these things like love and his joy and his peace and all these things. And I was really stoked about it. I felt like the, the creativity was flowing. I've spent most of Friday working on it. And then... Matt and Jackie both said to me, yeah, but you're not going to do that Sunday night, right? You can't start a sermon series on Sunday night, right? It doesn't work because everybody else got a different message from Chris Puhatch earlier today. And so, and then do you do like this message the next Sunday as well? And so it was all just kebobbled and caboodled and looked like a train wreck had run over a car wreck. And, um, in my heart. So I needed, I needed a bridge message. Okay, does that make sense? I needed something that fit the theme of what's really on my heart without causing division in the church <laughs> or my marriage. Can't do that. You know, I got to keep the, the esteem high in the home. It doesn't come naturally, so I need to work at it really hard. So, I mean, like me impressing people, and now there's a whole conversation we're going to have on the way home. Anyhow, um, 
So this is a bridge message, and I hope you feel well served in it. I hope you feel like nobody else in the world is getting this message. There's no double up for services. Um, So this is just for you folks. So you're blessed. You get something unique. You get something special just for you, for being the the ones coming out on the limb and engaging in the new service. This, This first Sunday evening service, this unique message just for you. I hope you feel blessed. And now you have something you can look down the nose of your face towards your friends at. (laughs) And now I've lost it completely. I promise that the messages are usually better than this. So, what's going on here with Jesus? Jesus is coming near to the end of his ministry. And one of the things about John's gospel is Jesus is presenting himself with these great I am statements. Um, And he's revealing himself to be truly God to Israel. They didn't totally expect him to be showing up in the flesh. And so he's come as a man and he's revealing himself to his people through these statements. And he's causing a lot of controversy and trouble and trial by doing these things. And one of the things he does is he wants to convince them that he's this good shepherd. He comes and says, I'm the good shepherd. And people aren't initially understanding what he's talking about, which is okay. But he wants to do two things that I want to work with today. He wants to, first of all, contrast himself with thieves and robbers, and then he wants to contrast himself with hired hands and not good shepherds. Clear? But this is the big idea. I, Jesus wants to give you abundant life. Okay? Jesus wants to give you the life of God living inside of you. And when Jesus' life is inside of you, it's a life that doesn't have regrets. You're not walking around like, oh, everything's a waste, or oh, everything's falling apart. Maybe the world around you can feel like that, but when you have the life of God inside of you, and you have abundant life, that the life that Jesus wants to give you, there is this this joy. You, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's, there's love. There's joy. There's peace. There's patience. There's kindness. There's goodness. There's faithfulness. There's gentleness. There's that sound mind that leads to having self-control. And Jesus came to give you abundant life. That's his, his mission. Like, What does God want to do with your life? He wants to give you, he wants to give you an abundant life. And part of life is figuring out how that works by definition if all of a sudden you just are thinking to yourself, scratching with a lot of time. Because everything for my definition of abundant life can be bought either at Superstore or Home Hardware. You'll probably be disappointed. Those things are great. I don't have any problem with that stuff, but you can have all that stuff without the life of God inside of you. But instead, Jesus has come to give you an abundant life. And one of the reasons why I want to start here is because I'm starting to get the feeling that God wants to do something like a revival at Calvary Chapel. And not just here, like in his church in Canada. You know what the word revival means? It means to make alive again. It's it's from that word vivus or whatever, to have life. To revive somebody is to give them life again. 
And this is what the Good Shepherd came to do. He came to give you revival. He came to give you an abundant life in him. And so what are the, the, con, the, the things that stand in his way? And so let's read verse 7. It says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So, I don't want to spend too much time on this picture, but in, in Jesus' time, obviously there was a pen for the sheep. And the sheep, if they got stuck outside of the pen, especially overnight, they'd be vulnerable. They could get eaten by wolves. They could especially get stolen. And so sheep needed to find a way into a safe place where they'd be protected. Protected from dangers, protected in the middle of the night. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the way into that protection. I'm the door for the sheep to come into. So if you come in by me, you'll be saved. You'll be rescued. You'll be protected. But not only is he the door, he says, I'm this good shepherd as well. Because is it exciting to think about God as a door? Not so, maybe not so much. Not a lot of people are touched emotionally by the picture of a door. But it's part of Jesus being this good shepherd. And a good shepherd is something we can, we can think of. A man who's got a stick to beat things with. And his whole mission is to keep alive and make to thrive these sheep. His whole purpose is to make sure they're fed and protected and cared for and rescued and birthed well and grown up well. And he's got this whole mission just to make sure that they thrive, that the sheep are alive and have a good sheep life. And this is Jesus. And he says, Everybody else who came before me is just a thief or a robber. And thieves and robbers just come to steal and kill and destroy. Okay. Anybody worried that you're getting robbed right now? Okay, think in the political realm. Anybody worried that something you're getting robbed of something right now? Right? Like the ability to sing without a smelling dinner? Anybody? Okay, anybody feel like you're maybe being robbed of mass worship times? Anybody feel like you're being robbed of some peace of mind because you just want to shake somebody's hand without wondering if they've just killed you? Do you know anybody? Somebody? B117, no! The India variant, no! Just like anybody feel like you're, you're, you're being robbed of things? The ability to go to school and hang out with your friends? Like all your friends, not just the ones that have last names in your half of the alphabet. Anybody feel a bit robbed? Hello? Somebody? Nobody? Okay, well, I know. Thank you, Greg. Greg wants to go to school with his friends. Anybody feel like some of the powers that be are destroying things or some of the social forces right now are wrecking things and you wonder, will we ever get it back? People you know are destroying things or wrecking things. It could be happening. 
But Jesus tells us in this world there are thieves and robbers. There are spiritual forces and sometimes political forces and sometimes city forces and sometimes people we know and they get into a place where their mission really is to steal. And on their mission to steal, sometimes they kill. And because of these things, they are okay to destroy And wouldn't it be great if these things didn't exist, but they do. Right now we live in a world where there are thieves and robbers. People willing to destroy other people's lives for selfish gain. People willing to ruin other people's lives in order to have personal advancement. People willing to attack other people in order to preserve their own lives. I've been telling this story. I I just, I I watch too much of the news, but did you guys hear about this one? there's this prison in Manitoba. I think it was Headingley. And they wanted to get the prisoners vaccinated. Did you hear about this one? Okay, I just confirmed it. It was in the news, CBC. And so they went to the inmates and they said, hey, if a certain number of you get the vaccine, then we'll give you better food and we'll give you treats and you can have extra smokes and all the good stuff, right? They, they wanted to incentivize getting getting a certain amount of vaccines administered in the prison. And so what do you think happened? Well, there were a bunch of prisoners that really wanted that stuff. And so they went around intimidating the other prisoners that didn't want the vaccine. And at least one guy got the badooties beaten out of him because he wasn't going to get the vaccine. So obviously he was in the way of treats. And so there were these individuals who were totally willing to steal and kill and destroy because they wanted meatloaf, right? And I'm reading this story and I'm just thinking to myself, well, if our politicians aren't wise, this is us, right? Can you imagine if somebody said, hey, 70% vaccinations, you can all go back to school. Some thieves are going to go crazy, And it's just, this is a dangerous time to be alive. Another just little something. I, I drive to work from the SCS. I drop off the kids and I come down Main Street. And so almost every morning I drive by the big billboards over on the corner by Rogers. You notice that one? It's the two electronic ones. And so every morning I see one of the billboards up there is, uh, hey, if there are pictures of you on the internet that shouldn't be there, contact us. And another one saying, children are being exploited online like never before because of COVID stuff. If you know something's happening, contact us. So the internet is so dangerous for people having intimate photographs of themselves put in online or children being exploited and put in danger online. It is so dangerous that Steinbeck has a billboard on our main street trying to help people. It's that bad that the thieves and robbers are so evil that you have to have the government putting a billboard picture for the entire city to see our young people are being robbed and killed and destroyed online during COVID. These are evil days. And we should all just, like, we live in an okay town, mostly. There's lots of gross stuff that happens in Steinbeck, just anywhere. Wherever there's people, there's problems. Wherever there's sinners, there's sins. So I'm not blind to how bad it can be here. 
And at the same time, there are way worse places than Steinbeck. But it's, we're still so messed up, we have billboards like that. And so we live in a time, like in Jesus' time now as well, where there are thieves and robbers who want to consume us and consume you, rob you, steal from you, destroy you. And even if you don't know anybody physically and you're not online, Satan himself wants to fill your life full of emptiness and loss and bad choices and guilt trips and shame and undealt with wounds so that your life is robbed of the life you could have in Jesus. And I I want you to actually experience instead the revival of Christ. And have that abundant life Jesus came to give you. Amen? So this is is the next three months, Lord willing. But starting tonight, I'm telling you that Jesus wants to give you an amazingly abundant life. So that you can look in the mirror and say, I know God. And Jesus loves me. And I have the life-giving spirit inside of me. And yes, there's hardship. And yes, there's trouble. And yes, there's pain. And yes, sometimes people are terrible. But I cannot honestly say that the life I'm supposed to be living in Christ is being taken from me. Because I'm walking with God today. Amen? And that's the abundant life. Not a perfect life. Not an easy life. Not necessarily like a... Make it rain money life, but walking with God in his love so deeply and his joy and his peace that you can say, I'm not being robbed. Amen. I think the biggest part of getting this abundant life is this, and it's so simple, and yet it's so hard. Okay? Watch me now. I'm going to do it, and you might miss it. It's simply this. Being completely given to Jesus. You're just giving your life completely to Jesus is how you get it. Giving your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your time completely to Jesus. Now, I know when I said time, some of you started getting afraid right now. Because you think, but there's lots of stuff I like to do that I'm pretty sure Jesus doesn't want me to do. Right? Gotcha? Did anybody got zinged? Okay. That's cool. That's cool. You might be assuming. Let me just say right off the bat, you might, because maybe you haven't prayed about it. Jesus doesn't mind a little rest. Jesus doesn't mind a little fun. That's okay. But the issue is this. The abundant life is the one that belongs to the good shepherd. This is what he says next. He says in verse 11, I'll repeat it a little bit. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. 
And he goes on from there, and I invite you to read I invite you to read the whole gospel to know Jesus. But this is what he's saying. He's saying, okay, so back in those shepherding times, there would be an owner of the sheep, and there would be employees. Okay? Clear? And he's saying, when a wolf comes, and there's real danger, and the sheep are really in danger, the employee looks at the wolf... (laughs) And looks at the sheep and goes, not worth it. I'm out of here. My life is way more important than those bleeding fleece bags. I don't want to get killed. I'm out of here. And then the wolf can come and take one. And then the, then the hired servant just goes, okay, I need a really good story about what happened here. Because I don't want to tell people I just ran away. Whatever. He's saying there's different levels of commitment to care here. And the, the hireling, the employee, isn't necessarily going to fight off the burglar like the owner will, where the owner's like, these sheep are my life, and I'm going to defend them to the death. I just, there was some... Anybody want a TikTok quote? Okay, so there was this young guy. I'll quote it once. I don't even know how I see these things. Whatever. There's this guy who's making, like, I work at Ikea jokes and the things that he's heard from people. And he's just joking. He said, somebody came up to me and said, I'm never shopping in this store again. He's like, good. You think I want you to come back here? I don't own this place. I don't care if you shop here. Right? That's an employee's thing. Somebody comes up and says, I'm going to tell all my friends never to shop here again. He says, please, you think I want five of you showing up? See, the employee doesn't care. He's just there for the, the work, just there for the paycheck. It doesn't, see, thanks, somebody smiled. It is kind of funny to say that. Like, you, we don't think about being rude like that, and I don't think we should. But this is the big, this is the big deal of the, being the good shepherd. Friends, no one ever will care about you like Jesus does. No one ever will love you like Jesus already does. No one ever will be willing to suffer for you like Jesus already did. Nobody ever will want you and long for you and love you and endure you like Jesus already does. Nobody is so willing to quickly come to forgive you and let the past be the past like Jesus already has. Like you guys know how when you're hurt you keep score and you guys know how it's hard to forget. And I've been thinking about how easily people get into a place where they don't want to forgive and how amazed I am at Jesus being so ready to forgive everything so quickly and to go to like it never happened so fast. He wants us so badly. Jesus is the good shepherd. He already laid down his life for the sheep. He wants us so badly. He wants us so badly. There's nobody, there's no crowds, there's no nations who could ever want you. Like Jesus already wants you. To lay down his life that God himself would endure the cross. To go through torture and beatings and mockings and hours and hours of agonies. And then, then go and be nailed to the cross so that he could be humiliated and hung naked. And to endure the wrath of his father that we deserve. That he willingly bore in our place on the cross unto death. So that he could come back and have his sheep. This is amazing. 
that he loves us and wants us and wants us and loves us and loves us and wants us and wants us and loves us and wants us and loves us and has done everything and is doing everything and will do everything to have his sheep. Why? So that he can butcher them and have pork or lamb chops? No. So that he can give them abundant life forever. Think about the generous heart of Jesus that he would suffer and die for us so that he could put us in a position of needing his generosity forever after that too. And that's what he wants to do. Does anybody here ever get tired of taking care of people? Any any moms? Moms, sorry, sorry. Guys, you're a little bit slow, but the moms are like, I think some of your fingernails are embedded in the ceiling. Your hands went up so fast. It's like, just like, you might need a band-aid for that. It just went up so fast. Think about the generous heart of Jesus that he would die to win us so that he could be in the place of taking care of us forever. Because he's the good shepherd, he wants to give us an abundant life. Easy life? No. Cheap life? No. Always happy life? Not necessarily. Abundant life? That's what he came to do. So this evening, I don't know how long I've been doing this for, Greg. You don't know either. That's okay. The sun's still up. These Sunday nights are only going to get worse. In Manitoba, I can preach till 11.30 and the sun still be up on Sunday night. This is the big, this is the hors d'oeuvre. This is the extended movie trailer. Uh, would, you, would you keep coming back as you want to? Because I want to look at the character of God through his love and joy and peace. And I want to look at the Holy Spirit living in you to produce those things so that you would know him and reflect him to the world. I want to do it in such a way that we're actually kind of dealing with our junk and starting to hear God's voice for freedom and letting him point out wounds and sins and bad attitudes we have so that we can be free of these things. Letting him bring up the past, not because we want to look at it and feel chained by the past, but the point of dying for sin is so that the past could be severed. That's what sin is. It chains you to the past. Guilt chains you to the past. Shame chains you to the past. And the forgiveness of sins breaks the past so that you can have abundant life today and go into abundant life in the future. That's what he came to do. And so if you want to know what to do here this evening, you're getting the double windmill in the name of Jesus. Please believe that Jesus came to be your good shepherd and to give you an abundant life. To give you life and to give it to you in abundance. And every part of your heart that says like, oh, maybe not me, die. <laughs> or, or, oh, it's not going to be that great. Or what am I going to lose? Or what's this going to cost me? You can ask those questions, but just know that the good shepherd wants you, wants to forgive you, wants to liberate you, and wants you to be able to say, I'm walking with God in his love, full of his life. Amen. So, Greg, do you want to come and lead us in a song? We're going to worship.